You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hey there. It's everyone's favorite silly little bitch, Drew Gasparini, here with yet another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast that is made entirely out of cheese. Today's guest is a dear, dear friend of mine. He is one of the kindest souls with one of the coolest stage careers, from the original cast of Dogfight to Wicked to Holler If You Hear Me, the Tupac musical, and currently he is Olaf on the Frozen tour. I've known this magnificent creature for about a third of my life. Can you fucking believe it? He is one of the lovable morons, along with Alex Brightman, Andrew Kober, and myself, and I just can't get enough of his kind soul. Ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking with F. Michael here we are ladies and gentlemen the man the myth my very good friend one of my best friends in the whole wide world his name is f michael haney hello f how are you i thought you were introducing yourself there for a second you're like here he is the man the, the myth. man the myth drew gasparinimusic.com yes. it's as big as you all think it is drew gasparinimusic.com <laughs> that's not even my website anymore and people oh. still jokingly call me that like that yeah, was a thing for dance. a while uh it's even more pretentious now my website is the drew gasparini at uh at, at nothing.com the drew gasparini.com i love a definitive article yeah, I want people to know that I'm the one. Do you even have a website? You don't. You can check out um, f at myspace.com <laughs> backslash sadboymusic. No, I I mean, I I had a, I, I tried to have a website for a little bit, like back in the mid 2000s, like when I got out of school. Yeah. Um, but then I I did the like the best and worst thing, which was I have a YouTube page that has, a you know, some of my music, not very much, mm-hmm. but originally. Songs in the key of F. Correct. I'm a subscriber. I didn't even know to put my name on it because, like, now if I look back at it, I probably should have just made it F. Michael Haney. Um, I think you did a pretty good job by calling it "Songs in the Key of F." It is your name. It's it, clever. Totally. I'm I'm happy about it, but I just I look at I look at like none of us knew that these things were going to be important. Like I, I look at all my friends who got like Instagram handles and Twitter handles that were like right. "Must Love Butts 25," and you're yep. like, yeah. That's an adult person now. For the longest time, deep into my 20s, even for professional endeavors and like industry asks, I would email from my very old email address, which I don't even think you you knew me at this time, but it was captainswoosh69 at hotmail.com. I was the kid in high school. And this is a perfect place to start for you, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. I was a kid in high school who thought it was hilarious to use numbers like 420 and 69 in any of my handles because it was cutting edge back in the day. But Dude. I want to talk about high school in your world because F. Michael, you are uh, all of the above. Tell me if I'm off base in any sort of manner here. Sure. You're a nerd. Yeah. Okay, that was almost going to be the end of sentence. You are a yeah. nerd in the following ways, though. You're a theater oh. nerd. That's a given. You're you're uh, Olaf. That's probably my one of my smallest nerddoms. Well, I'm really sad that that's the one I started with. So let me let yeah, me no. start over again. Then you're a nerd. Why don't you shut your fucking mouth and let me goddamn host <laughs> this thing? Uh, you're a nerd in the following ways. You're a band geek. Mm-hmm. Does that does that fall under the nerd umbrella? I would say so. I think so. You did acapella singing. You and I are, are of the same yeah. accord there. I think it takes a certain level of nerd to do that. You're a Star Wars fanatic. Yeah. You're a gaming fanatic, and you just blew my mind the other day with some uh, Mario trivia that I don't think anybody knows. Can you remind <laughs> us what that is real quick? Uh, well, I mean, I saw I, the, the, there was a, a content creator on YouTube who... I won't mention for different reasons, but there there was a guy who I followed for a long time because he had a really cool thing. And it was one of the first times I saw on YouTube people doing like science and like lore dives into video games that like no one cared about. Sounds really cool. In Mario Galaxy, they introduced the character Rosalina, who's this tall Princess Peach ass lady. Um, And everyone goes like, oh, like she's got parents that she talks about like, ooh, parents, I'm not really going to tell you much about it. And then so it kind of seems that like it has to be Princess Peach and yeah. then you would think it would also be Mario. But this did this dude Because did a, Mario and Princess Peach famously blanked. I mean like that was like the story as we all learned as kids. There until he went to a different game and it was like Daisy all of a sudden. Um So he and wait, remind me Daisy is Princess Peach's sister? I think she's unrelated. I think she's just another gal in the So universe. Mario was just getting it in. Super well, Mario was, if, was using if Mario, his... If Mario Jumpman, which is the one that we know from the Super Mario games, but is not necessarily the original guy who was in Donkey Kong, that might be a different human. But they're both named Mario, and they both happen to be plumbers, and they both thrive on the, the wild mushrooms that grow amongst the kingdom. I'm just saying the you know first what's game, wild? Donkey Kong, he might not have been a plumber. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Because all gonna... the Japanese manuals, you read them like I, I haven't read, read them, but where this whole myth that came from was you're reading the manuals and reading like the, the text from different issues of the game, like the Japanese version translated. And someone's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it kind of more suggests that Luigi and Princess ended up together and that that is Rosalina is their kid from like an alternate universe. It's See. If you follow the Mario verse, that is mind blowing information. I truly yeah. think that that's like no one understands that. No one under no one gets that. Uh, I also think we just lost ninety nine point nine percent of our listeners. You should move. You should move this and say <laughs> if you if you if you're brave, go to the end of it and listen to this. Uh, okay, so wait back to you at being a nerd. We covered mm-hmm. band geek, uh, theater nerd. We'll talk about that. Not sure. so much, but I still qualify you as one. Uh, acapella nerd, a gamer hardcore, Star Wars mm-hmm. nerd. Yeah, yeah, Talk yeah, to yeah. me about being in high school and these are not new things in your life. You must have always been those qualifications of nerd all through high school. What was it like in your hometown of Macon, Georgia, being you? Because you do not seem like a guy <laughs> who came from Macon, Georgia, necessarily. Um, that's fair. I will say I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Georgia right now. Um, Flipping blue in yep. this election was... Ain't that the truth? It, it's truly... I mean, it happened when I was a kid. Um, but yeah. it hasn't happened since. And 
I mean, I moved to New York 16 years ago, and I never thought in my lifetime I would see Georgia go blue, and that's it's nuts to me. Massive, so, yeah. But I would I would say that like being being from Georgia, uh, not to you know paint Southerners with a, any certain kind of brush, but like, no, and I didn't mean to do that either when no, I say no, no, you no. don't seem like a guy from there, but don't, you know, but you but know but I I, I don't I, I you know it's and and some of it is because when I moved to New York, anytime someone said where are you from, and I said Georgia, I would immediately see their face change a little bit and go no 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 no, no. I, I'm not like that. In the same way that I'm sure being from California. Like you don't have avocado and everything. Everything's not made from hemp and yoga. <laughs> You're right. Not, not everything is made of yoga. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I think growing up as a kid, uh, I have my my mom is where I learned to be learned be, that being a nerd was okay because it was it was being passionate about something. That that's right. that's what I think I've taken away from my childhood nerddom. Yeah. But what I, I will say is being an adult now and seeing things like Marvel, seeing things like uh, Star Wars, uh, lots of different things, even uh, I was never an anime nerd when I was a kid, but like seeing so many cool musicians and actors and things like that, being into so many different things that were like watching cartoons as a kid, like yeah. you, you grew out of them as opposed to it just being an amazing art form. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something that as things like YouTube happens, like it helps c collect and connect uh, different groups of fans. Um, and to be honest, and not just because you're my friend, but like I think that's what new writers are also doing for musical theater. That like for me, I feel really alienated from most musical theater because I don't like listening to most of it. I, it's not it's not what speaks to me. But all of a sudden I remember as a kid having I did theater for fun uh, but the first time I started hearing music that was different to me, that it wasn't like, we are singing a Broadway song. That was like, every Sondheim. single Broadway show. Totally. Like but you know what I mean? Like, but like Sondheim messed me up all of a sudden because I was like, wait, this music is in in incredible. And it's not just meant to be like sung well. It's meant to be yeah. acted and performed. And these are serious actors telling serious stories. Um, and so I, I think... I think as time has gone on and people have felt less alone in their fandoms, it's made me more, more supportive of when I meet nerds of nerd cultures that I don't represent. That's, because this, as a kid, this, it was the idea of, of like, yes, yes. I totally know what you mean by, by the isolation because I would come back, you know, from PE or something like that. You call it PE in Georgia. You call it phys yeah. ed. What do you, yeah. PE. Not PE. So, when, when I come back from PE, I'd get in my rig, you know, I'd take off the, the school uniform or whatever you wore for PE and I'd take out my street clothes. And by the time I got back, someone had written some horrible, you know, slang, uh, some horrible offensive word on the back of my shirt because they heard that I sing in acapella groups. Yeah. And that was looked at with this weird stigma. And I think a lot of us, and I think I relate with you in this way, especially is that we kind of Maybe you're not a theater nerd per se, but the reason you land in a community like theater is because it is the island of misfit toys. And 100%. it is kind of this place where everyone embraces everybody for how odd they are. In fact, the weirder they are, the better almost, just because they become more interesting of a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if, if I think about the, the, the things that I look back at wishing I had invested in more, like I took like one ballet class when I was a kid because my mom thought it was like good for me. And I was the only, like the picture, I'll, I'll get my mom to take a picture and send it to you. Um, but like, it's like me and then all these girls. 
And like, I remember it being like, nah, boys don't dance. And now yeah. I like the number of dancers that I've met. I go, no, 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 men and women dance. And I don't, I don't know where a lot of those stigmas come from. Like, I, I can't actually make sense of them. Um, I can't either. But I, I will say this: the same thing is, and I, I won't, again, use a name for this example, but working with a, a younger actor in my recent past was the first time that I met a younger actor who was like, man, I'm trying to figure out this thing. Uh, I got to find some some new, like, therapy to go to and some stuff because like I'm, uh, my depression's really really bad right now and i was like i'm we're strangers like we're just about to work together we don't really yeah. know each other and and the ability to like take those inside things and and share them thank you if i don't mean to interrupt you. while you're oh, right no. there but my mother mom say hi to f michael say hi you can talk you're there's a microphone how are you? she doesn't understand well how are you she I'm just on, gave me a cocktail i'm on a, yeah. i'm on a zoom <laughs> cooking class and that was my yes. first thing so i just made a french 75 now i'm gonna go make ricotta gnocchi okay yes good to see you, to see you too anyway i'm uh, sorry that was a horrible time to interrupt but thank no, you kelly no, no. for giving me alcohol back to what you were saying what I was saying was like the the idea of being in touch with these things, being in touch with your sensitivities and being in touch with your fandoms and things like that is something that like kids nowadays haven't been told it was bad. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe they have in different things. Like I don't want to I don't want to tell everybody that their experience is, you know, easy and great. But like I love now that like things the things that i was demonized for mm -hmm. as like an outcast now granted i was a teacher's kid so bullying me was a fucking bad idea so nobody <laughs> did they just ignored me because mama haney would come knock some ass down dude miss haney miss haney she, like the the there was one time where miss haney was burning down the hall to come get me because i had oh. done something bad and uh, never in my life will I forget that face because that's yeah. different from mom. That's Miss yeah, Haney. That's, that's not at home, mom. That's in on nah. campus. Miss Haney about to give you the laydown. But but I you know I think I look at the I look at the things that that made people ignore me or make people feel like I don't understand you or yeah. I don't want to take time to figure you out are now like all zeitgeist. So I feel like all of a sudden I like became a backdoor popular person, but still like look around and go like. No, guys, I've been here. Like, ugh. like I look at it, yeah. and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, uh, my mom played Dungeons and Dragons when when I was a kid, and she would tell me stories and like read the Lord of the Rings and the Dragonlance Chronicles and like all this stuff. Like, we had D and D books at my house, oh, and that yeah. was the like nerd, oh. the nerddom keeps expanding. The more oh, you talk, dude. it's amazing. But then all of a sudden, literally in the last like I would say two three years, mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition has become this huge thing that like if I told you the names of the actors in New York that have been like, oh yeah, I'm going to um I'm going to a Broadway dance class center and then I've got my my D and D groups playing tonight. And I literally look at them, I'm like, what? And it's because that stuff is cool. Star Wars became cool again. Yeah. Um like, you know, The Mandalorian is one of like the sexiest shows on 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 the hat. One hundred percent. Yeah. The nerd the nerd things are are hip things. That's yeah. very true. If you if you ask most people to name the the biggest like the biggest stars like again i don't mean like the best actors i don't mean who deserves awards i just mean if you say like name the biggest stars right now i guarantee that you're gonna name someone in a marvel movie or in a star war yeah because like it's it's part of the zeitgeist it's you're it's right. not it's not 
disallowed anymore i mean fuck the lord of the rings were like the biggest movies when those came out i never read those books because i'm not a fucking loser but like the movies were they were dope and i was that loser who my mom was like we got to be careful we got to be careful watching these movies because they're so different they're so different but i just i think that the big thing that i learned as a kid and Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll get into this maybe in some other answers but like Mm -hmm. so i went by michael when i was in school that was yeah. I went by my middle name my whole life, which and is then, far less badass than going by just F. Oh yeah, far less badass. But to make it make sense, when I came to college, I won't tell the whole story because this woman doesn't deserve credit anymore because she's a monster. But I had a Ooh. mean dance teacher who like made fun of me. Let's. Um, I want the name. Give me the name. Let's put her I'm on blast right here. Name. Probably, just give me a name um, so we can fucking criticize somebody. Yeah. Well, no. Um, oh. But so so like literally like I corrected her on my name because she called me Franklin, which you know is is on my birth certificate and was my grandfather's name and just not mine. Yeah. And she was like, I'm gonna refuse to call you a name that's so droll and boring like Michael. Because like everybody's named Michael. And I think she thought she was, is this college teacher thing, which by the way, if you're a college teacher listening or you are someone who got hurt by a college teacher, like emotionally, like a lot of them are making bad fucking decisions because there's a whole idea about like breaking someone or like looking at a young student and being like, if you could do anything else, you better do it because this business is going to bite you in half. I go, that idea needs to go, it needs to go out the window that let's break them down to build them back up kind of thing. That is such a fucking waste of everybody's time. And that's such a poor way to educate someone, give encouragement for Christ's sake. Yeah. This isn't whiplash. Like, like, this is not exactly, this is not whiplash. By the way, when you saw that movie, you get, my mom's a teacher, your parents are teachers. When you saw him throw a fucking symbol at this kid's head, that could have killed him. The first thought I had was, I got to leave the theater because this is so unrealistic. If this guy is somehow the the hero mentor teacher mm-hmm. that we all want him to be for this student, and we give applause to this guy at the end of the movie, <laughs> I am going to be pissed off because that guy needs yeah. to go to jail for attempted murder. Murder. See, my, my experience of that film was going, oh, what's up, Miles? Because I went to college with that dude, Miles Teller. Oh, small flex. No, no, But the reason I say it's it's funny to me is because... And you experimented together. You did, like, a <laughs> thing. Nah, I don't think he'd been into me. I think his wife was like... <laughs> I don't you, think he you would have been into me. I love that you cut yourself down in even a joke scenario. Yeah. And this is F. And this is F. But, uh, but the, the, thing, the thing that, like, got me was... I, so I went to the Strasbourg School for acting and that's where this dude went and all the teachers were like ah this guy's like you know he's a guy who like always seemed like a little bit late or like seemed to like just he wanted to focus on the things that he thought were important and they were like no 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 we need to like bring you into the fold or whatever um i thought every time i saw his work his work was good that's all that's all i can attest to i was not his teacher but that's the same shit that i heard because adam sandler went to that same acting school and mm-hmm. every teacher hated him apparently except for one dude this teacher named jeffrey horn and jeffrey horn was like he's this he was one of my favorite teachers when i was there and he was a b- brilliant acting teacher and he had been on like bridge on the river Kwai. like we saw pictures of him and we we're like oh dude you were a fox and then we were like we were talking and about you something experimented with him and yeah uh, but no but then but then literally first day of his acting class he was like by the way my name is Jeffrey. You can call me Jeffrey. You cannot call me Old Balls because he played the Old Balls guy in Big Daddy. Because oh my God. Adam Sandler loved him so much and was the only teacher that apparently was nice to him when he was there. He was like, dude, do you want to come be in this movie I'm making? 
Dude, the way Old Balls is the guy that ends up marrying the Hooters girl, right? Yeah. That's... And he's a great acting teacher. Wow, that's amazing. That yeah. What a cool little thing to ha- add to his resume. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should not throw things at your kids. That's that's No, the that's thing. the moral of the story here We're is don't throw ride symbols in particular at the neck of a child. Dude, ride symbols are healthy. Yeah, you, you know, could a little splash symbol kill somebody. Yeah, kill a little splash symbol could be funny. It could just be... Psh- yeah, it's almost cute if you hit him in the face with a splash symbol. I, I what people sometimes leave college and they're so used to I'm pleasing the teacher. I have to work on this so that they think I'm doing good. It's like assignment-based mm-hmm. creativity, which makes almost no sense to me. And people like you, people like Alex Brightman, will give him the credit where credit is due for sure. A- A- Adam Sandler, this guy Miles, they might be defying what the teacher's doing or not really going by the rules according to the education process, but they're doing something 10,000 times more important for this field, which is leaning into their individuality. We talk about our insecurities, but F, you are so good at being F. You're so true to yourself. And if anybody d- has a, a, a hard time understanding what I'm saying, I think the best example of this is found in the music that you write. You can find a whole shitload of, of videos of F singing other people's material. And he's a superb no. actor. I'm saying it right to your face like you're not even here. But I, 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 think, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I think where you find your special gifts is in your ability as a songwriter. Now, I know you started writing seriously, maybe, in high school ish perhaps a little before but like in terms Mm -hmm. of like being a guitar toting singer songwriter sad boy like myself it was all happening in high school when emotions are at an all-time high uh and i'm using the sad boy kind of in a funny way but like let's really talk about this for a minute for sure you are the saddest friend i have (laughs) and i say this because i feel like i'm probably one of the saddest friends you have and i feel like we are some of the basis of our friendship is just knowing each other through really low times and low moments and how we kind of navigate those times and have been there for each other i feel like that's a very strong part of our friendship would you agree i i agree but i i want to clarify because i think you and i both know we're talking about but for for anyone listening if anyone made it past the mario lore um it's just you and i now it's just you um but uh i i think i think when you talk about being sad there's a fuel that lets us do what we do which is we have the ability to somehow touch the surface of the sun of those raw ass emotions and come back from there without being entirely destroyed but as writers we we explore our sadness as opposed to cover it up yeah, because because there's this fruit that we find down there, but it's the same reason why comedians do that. So many actors do that because sure. you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna mine this volatile thing, and you come you come and go from there from the, from this insane volatility, and you bring this light out of there, and people identify that. And that's yeah. why, like, when I listen to the song Manhattan by Sarah Bareilles, which I truly do think is one of the best lyrics. If there are five songs about New York that are the best songs about New York that have ever been written, that's one of them. That that's that you'd have to fight me to get it off there because I go no, anyone who's I ever lived in you. New York understands. But you also go, oh, Sarah, you who hurt you because <laughs> that's that, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, because that that song that song captures something that 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 I hear I hear when I hear a lot of your songs because I know where they happened and sure. and 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 again sometimes the Sometimes the facts are smudged. Sometimes the the things are smudged. But there's there is a sadness that I think that 
we as performers link into because people watch it and they go, oh, wow, that's so cool that they can do that. But then we turn around and we go, okay, I survived. I survived touching the sun again. Um, right. And, and I, think, I think that is the sadness that I compare for you and I. You know, I got to be honest. I would say this to you if we weren't on a podcast, because I'm, I'm not saying this to, you know, have, have a soundbite here. It yeah. is uh, when it comes to like my emotions, you're truly one of the only friends. I feel like I'm not annoying when I need to talk about my shit, you know? Yeah. Um, Likewise. If you don't mind, we talked a little bit about the kind of guy you were in high school. Your mom was a teacher there, which is yeah. extra cool. Let's talk about your mom. Let's talk about your parents. Let's talk about the upbringing. Actually, before you even hop into that, I just want to toss a small funny story Please. about your brother, JP. And it was at your, I think this was your 30th birthday. And the reason I want to tell this story is because you were talking about what a, you know, what kind of nerd you are. I brought that up, of course. Mm. And you were very into Pokemon Go for a minute. You might oh. still be. I, I'm I'm not anymore. I I really I thought it was so cool. I th I, I was a huge Pokemon fan, and then I but thought. Do you know the, the story that I'm about to tell from the from this birthday? We were all up in the little uh, lounge area at the yeah, House yeah, yeah. of Bruce, and your brother showed up after everybody had already gotten there. Yes. And you guys, he gave you like the weirdest and weakest happy birthday, and then said to you, "On your fucking birthday, he doesn't buy you a drink. He comes in and gives you a quick hug and goes, I gotta go because there's a Pokemon right outside.' Like he was like literally just in the middle of the game. He had to go find it, and then he came back eventually. But I was like, what a weird brotherly thing that just happened. He had to leave your birthday party to go find a make believe Pokemon in the streets of New York City. I will say in the in the best way my brother and i one of the things that we that is our closest bond is video games like we we don't call each other we don't phone call ever good, never good. zero times nice and healthy no that's good but we will put headphones on and sit and talk for hours while we're playing something i eventually i'm gonna write a play about my brother um that's called like i don't know i, I mean i can make up some bad title i got a title for you how about get your lives together and stop <laughs> playing video games you grown men that's the no, title but like what, what i what i want the, the play to be is is having having two actors sitting there with you know lights blinking on their face and holding things and yeah. talking and yeah. then have it shift back and forth throughout the entire show oh i that, love this but have that be juxtaposed with two people actually in real space talking because what's funny is my brother and i actually struggle i think to talk about really really intense emotional things while we're in the same place yeah but when we're playing we'll have these conversations that are like um yeah man uh how was your day and he's like oh it's, it's going okay you know um oh there's a guy on your left uh it's it's been it's been <laughs> It's been kind of crazy. I'm, I'm kind of going through some stuff, and he's like, "But you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you?" And I was oh like, I'm, "I'm good. Um, do you have more ammo?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. I love um, that. And then, and you know, but then it'll, it'll turn. It'll be like, um, "Hey, man, like, so that that thing's not working out with that girl." And he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, dude. There's a guy behind you. Um, do, do you know what's going on? Like, do you want to talk about it?" And, and but, but I'm curious. It's it's the most amazing thing because it doesn't. Like we're having this one real ass conversation. Yeah. In, in the meantime, you know, we're, we're fighting <laughs> aliens and Dude, mining planets. And this like, is the funniest thing I've ever heard. But the, yeah. it's kind of a beautiful thing. And on stage, I think you've told me this idea before. That's actually yeah. a really, really good idea that I think you should p pursue. But I think I think that's what was funny about that story is because like at the time we were living together and I was like, I'm having this like party. And he was like, OK. And, I, and he was like, do you want me to come? And I was like, you can come. I was like, I'm, I'm never I never really worry about birthday parties and stuff. And he's like, OK, welcome. Welcome down. And so it was just, it was, uh, it was funny. 
That's funny. Man, good times with JP. JP, shout out to JP Haney. All right, now back hey, to the hey. now back to the matter at hand here. Let's talk childhood. Let's go, let's go before high school. Give okay. me your childhood. I want to were you a latchkey kid? Were you a were you spoiled in any sort of way? Tell me about your mom and your dad and okay. tell me the situation. Lay it on me. Okay, so you might need like a whiteboard to make make sense of it. And it's funny, if you talked to me even four years ago, I couldn't have publicly told a lot of this story um, because my my mom, and I'll go back to before this, but mm-hmm. my mom in 2016, the New Year's Day 2017, so the New Year's Eve 2016, that night, um, my mom got married to her partner of 20 years. But they were my band director and my my birth mother, Sylvia, was my um, theater teacher. And they'd been together for 20 years, um, but they'd been in the closet because teachers in the South. Um, And uh, but but I will say that, like that their their relationship, I think, is the is the beacon relationship that I look at, like when when I am considering my life and everything. Um, And it's why I don't hold a high. I don't give a shit about marriage. It's not something I ever really want to do. Eventually, you know, if something right. worked out, I go like, okay, cool. But I go, you know, one of the best relationships I've ever seen in my life was 20 years where they had to literally hide their relationship. Yeah. Um, now, not do anything illegal. Like, they were amazing. They were never, they didn't ever lie. But, you know, in the South, you had to be careful about not getting fired. Because yeah, they were like back alley lesbians. Like, it's, you I don't know. know. That's how I would refer to my mom. Is that back not, alley no, lesbians. is that not? Um, <laughs> that anyway. Uncouth? So like, so that was, that was when I consider like most of my upbringing, that was, that was what I would say, um, Mm -hmm. was that it was mom and Laura who, again, we didn't, we couldn't call at school. We couldn't call a teacher by her first name because that would be uncool. So I remember, I don't remember if it was my brother or myself, but we asked her one day, we were like, well, all the like football players, like when they see one of their coaches, they don't say Mr. or Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. They just call him coach. So like, are you like the band coach? And she's like, she laughed and she's like, I guess so. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we'll call you coach. So to this day, when I see Laura, I'd say like, what's up coach? That's kind of like, what a badass like nickname she just accidentally stumbled into. That's cool. Um, So the, the way back history lesson is uh, mom and my father were together. Phil uh, Haney. Phil, yeah. They were together until I was like three, something like that. So, oh, I didn't really know that. I mean, I'm sorry in but this is like this whole podcast is a selfish excuse for me to get to know my friends better because i realize how little i know about every fucking one of them yeah yeah yeah. uh but i thought your dad left a little later in your life so he you never really had uh a household that you can remember like in your memory in your adult memory of your mom and your dad uh cohabitating i i will i will say i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna clarify everything with with one one anecdote that will make everything i'm about to say make more sense sure it wasn't until like my late 20s that my mom and i figured out how to get along because my mom is maybe one of the more incredible human beings i've ever encountered she in fact is the reason i don't ever want to be a parent because i won't do for anyone the things that she has done for me in my life the sacrifices she has made, the brave yeah. faces that she has had, the the shielding from the elements that she has done for me. I, I can't imagine wanting to do that for anyone. And so I mean that as the highest, like the highest compliment that like, I love my mom because you were supposed to, but I didn't 
like her in high school. I kept saying like, you know, I want to do this. And she'd be like, well, you need to finish your Eagle Scout. And I'd be like, oh, nobody wants to do an Eagle Scout. Now I'm oh, so wait, proud. Another, another nerd box to check off real quick. Just yeah. Eagle Scout. There we go. Another I was nerd. so happy that I did that. Um, my, my, my mom really, really pushed me to like continue to work and keep my grades up. Like I figured out like, this is going to sound cocky, but I figured out I was smart enough to get A minuses and B pluses if I didn't study. And I could like study for a while and get A's. But I went, why would I ever study? Right. If I can do fine, who cares? Because the and goal so, is just getting out. The goal yeah, is just wanted, finishing yeah. and going is getting to the and next I chapter. To be a band director. So like it was that was my whole thing. Um and wow. I I look I look back at how much my mom pushed me to do the right things. And I don't mean in a domineering mean parent way, but like she would there were times that I was an asshole to her. And I didn't realize how awesome she was being because if she let me know, it's the old, it's the old parenting thing. She was like, if I had told you that this was the right or wrong decision, you would have fought me against. Right. So like the second you like something, I had to like not go too, too into it or you might not like it. No, let me, let me come in here with a question because Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, you know, somewhat typical when you're a teenager. I think a lot of people can relate to just the idea of not having an understanding between you and your parental unit. Sure. Uh, but you come from a, di- there's a different circumstance, two things. One, your mom was a teacher at the high school you went to. That's just automatically a, a different situation. And two, I'm curious, and I don't know if you can mm. even get into this in language that, that uh, feels good to you. And if not, we can move on. But like, I'm, I'm actually very curious the way that your parents split up, I don't know, so I want you to go into that if you can, a little bit mm-hmm. if you have any knowledge on it, but does your mom hold resentment toward your father? And do you think maybe the absence of your father in your household or in your life during that time in your life uh, created more of a tension between you and your mother? Here we go. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So. Um, okay. <laughs> I was saving that for a good moment and you yeah, set me up right. Go ahead and pour yourself um, another. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Sorry for the interruption here. I just wanted to take a minute to remind you, the listener, that if you are falling in love with today's guest, then go support their ass. Follow F. Michael Haney on his socials at... 
F. Michael Haney. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to find his endless amount of content on YouTube.com right after this podcast. Just go to YouTube.com. God, I mention them a lot on this podcast. I think I'll just sit here and wait for them to send me a check. Uh, They're never going to pay me. There's a lot of pressure, I think, for women in the South and maybe women in general. But I'm I'm going to be more specific and say in the South and even supportive people saying that, like, especially a woman who has children, um, that you 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 need a man, you need a man to raise those boys. You need you need something. There's some chauvinistic, absolute old school bullshit. And yeah. even, it even comes from like kind people. And it's the same way when like any person looks at a woman and goes, oh, are you going to have kids? And they go, nah. And they go, yeah. mm. Well, you know, you will, yeah. that, that clock's going to tick. And you're like, Oh, fuck off. So yeah. I think my mom felt a lot of pressure to the point where she remarried at one point. Um, there was, I had a stepdad at one point in time in my life whose oh name my I, God. Not I, I, I don't think I knew this at all about you. my mom has literally erased him from pictures. Ooh, damn. Um, damn. so I won't, I won't talk anything about that just mostly to protect her. That That's um, totally fine. Yeah. We don't have to. I, I, he, he was he was nothing but like kind to me as far as i understood as a young child there was a short period where we called him dad but then like that was gone like that that disappeared i haven't spoken to him can you give us a timeline like how many years this was or it was maybe a year maybe a year wow i think i don't know we we met doing a show i was a kid in a show and he started giving me rides home and then like i think my mom felt a lot of pressure that like she that we needed a father um because we had a bunch of like you know those uncles that you have in the theater community especially that like people like taking care of you and like a lot of those people i i recognize as like helping raise me in different ways um and they're all because it's that southern thing mr or mrs and then their first name which is just still i laugh Uh Um, (laughs) mr bob but i go like you know to, to go back like my my parents split and i still don't know too much about it um but I know that I know that my mom wanted to be a parent her entire life. She knew that. Yeah. Um, and my, my, my mom found a way to have a family. Um, and, you know, I, I won't put anything on either side of their relationship, but I think there was this amazing thing that like they knew when it went tits up, like they knew when it wasn't the thing. And for different reasons, like, you know, people are people. My, my father and my mother are from two very different worlds that they both were born in the South, but my mom had been like a piano performance major at an all women's college in Macon, Georgia. And my, wow. Yeah. I I mean, like, I really didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. And my dad had been an actor who ran away to New York. Um, my mom was his third wife. Um, he had been an equity actor in New York I'm going to take a quick aside just because this was the nuttiest thing that ever happened to me. Um, my dad. So as, as you get older, the stories that you hear as a kid, you, you wonder what's true, what's not true. Um, so I'm, uh, there's a, a legend my father had told me. And again, it's like that fucking movie, big fish Absolutely. that became Broadway sensation with, uh, Alex Bryman. Yeah. Um, I think it's still running. Um, nothing's running right now. Got him. Got him. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I, there was this tall tale that I heard about my dad and there was a certain point where I was like, there's just no way that's real. Like that was, that was probably some bullshit. So flash forward to I'm doing Charlie and the chocolate factory. 
I'm on the elevator with the two writers and one of them leans over to this guy on the elevator and goes, Hey, um, then they identify the moment that they work together and he's like, hi, hi, hi. And then they were like, Oh, this is F. And I was like, um, Hey. And he was like, hi, Kevin. And I was like, yeah, that's Kevin Klein. This is dope. Um, Oh my God. And, I, and so I'm on the elevator and I'm like, this is it. This is your only chance you're ever going to do this. So, uh, Mark and Scott walked off the elevator and, and Kevin Klein walked off and I went, Hey, um, Kevin, can I ask you a question? And he's like, um okay like he was he was nice was he and weird went, about it like that <laughs> no no it, it was just it was kind of like we were walking up the elevator at new 42 you know it's oh, like a sure, sure, thing sure, sure. so you know you don't want to be a creep and i was right. like hey did you do star spangled girl on staten island like a long time ago and he goes yeah and i went do you know phil haney and he goes phil haney oh my god um uh, yeah, and I go that that's my father and he goes oh my god you're Phil's kid that's awesome is he still married to and named one of his ex-wives name and I went wow. no actually like I'm from a different different wife later down the road and he was like oh that's that's nuts w what's he doing and I was like oh I, he lives in Tennessee has a family down there and he's like oh that's crazy he was like I actually still keep in touch with her um she she's she works out in Your LA dad's ex-wife yeah and wow. and he was like that's crazy he was like oh, you know it's nice to meet you and I was like yeah sorry you I this is a story I heard my whole life and didn't know was real. And so Jeez. it was, it was that weird big fish moment of going like, yeah. Okay. So like, I don't know. There's so much I don't know. So, you know, so flash forward to him having two kids and marrying this woman and working at a community theater in Georgia. And then. And the he, two kids are JP and me and my brother. Yep. Um, and uh, then he got a job offer to be a college theater professor in Wisconsin. So mm -hmm. we all moved up to Wisconsin. Um, and he got a job and then things didn't work out with him and my ma. And we went back down to Georgia to be closer to the town that she knew and closer to her parents. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so for the next few years, my, my dad still lived and worked in Wisconsin. We would go up there every summer and, you know, have like Chuck E. Cheese subscription to Playboy. Like Word. dad would go on, dad would go on dates and like bring us along and we'd be like, who's this girl? Wow. Um, and uh, so, like, you know, my my dad was, like, my friend. He was, like, this, like, pal. Um, yeah, he was, like, bro you hung out with. And then we come home to mom, and mom was homework and Boy Scouts and all this shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hate this. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then, you know, a few years later, uh, our father moved closer to his, the rest of his family, his uh, brother and sister and his mom, and moved back to Tennessee. Lived in Chattanooga, mm -hmm. worked at the Chattanooga Theater Center, some stuff like that. Um, and then... Uh, 100% reconnected will continue to connect with us he would always send us oh man this is going deep um he would send us these cassette tapes he would record yeah. on one side of the tape just telling us like his day because because phone calls were too expensive none of us could afford collect calls from Wisconsin to Georgia right because um, again my mom superhero we were on the leanest times when I was sure. a kid and sure. Sylvia Haney never let me know like, I remember I got into a fight at school one time. It was like fourth grade or something, maybe third grade. And some kid was like, I heard Santa Claus isn't real. And I went, Santa Claus is real. And they went, how do you know? And I went, because my mom can't afford the shit we got. I was like, we're too poor. We're too poor for that Hot Wheels rally race. Ooh. 
Wow, and Sylvia like, Haney really came through. Yeah, just fighting really? at a public school about about I'm too poor for Santa not to be real. <laughs> that is <laughs> I actually love the logic, the kid yeah. logic that you must yeah. have had. There's no way Santa's not real because we can't afford any of the shit that we're getting yeah. on Christmas. And so later I would like talk to my, like now my mom and I have these amazing conversations where I'm like, so what really happened here? And she was like, oh, well, we all, you always thought it was a game that we would go around and like go to these different places. But I knew every place that kids ate free. I know every place that had like a salad bar so that like I could order the salad and you guys could get soups and stuff. And she was like, we, we sang in the choir at a church because they had free pizza every Sunday and she got right. paid to do it. She could bring us. So anywhere my mom could bring us, yeah, we would do that. So we weren't latchkey kids. We were kids who went, we stayed up too late. We yeah. would go to theater rehearsals. We would sit in the corner. My mom, like you can't see this on a podcast, but my mom would look at us from across the room and go, make the shush sound and yeah, then do your to the lips sit down and stay put and that would be just me and my brother we just sit in the corner and like watch theater practice and and wow. hang out at these adult like uh, adult parties and and functions that my mom needed to do to the point where one of my favorite stories of all time and the only time i ever my mom tried to spank me once um i was at the olin mills which is like a mini mart like my mom wanted to take photos she loves photos um yeah. she has photo if, when you come visit my mom's house in georgia i'm gonna make you look through all these these picture books they're insane Amazing. um but we would get pictures every year because that's how my mom had pictures of us We'd take pictures every year um at the olin mills and they were like you got dressed up nice you put on a collar shirt right um and <laughs> and uh so there's this one time where we were getting the picture taken and this I had at the time I thought she was an adult, but now I realize she was probably like a 15 year old kid working a job for the summer, taking the pictures at Olin Mills. And she said, smile, you cheeky monkey. My response, let me take you back a couple of days. I've been at the play rehearsal and I heard Mr. Denver, one of my uncles of the, of the world. Uh -huh. And um, he had said this line that killed in the play. Yeah. He said this line that crushed everybody laughed and so being the comedian that i was and would later become i went i got this so fast forward she goes smile you cheeky monkey and this like seven-year-old kid goes take the picture you big-butted bimbo oh my Woo! god oh oh my god sylvia Haney's face was not pleased whoa um but <laughs> apparently my brother broke up just started laughing <laughs> oh my um, god oh my god yeah so and then then my mom took me home she's just like i'm gonna spank you and i was like oh shit we've never been no none of us had ever been spunked yeah oh the worst before. is that you have to do it then get the picture taken and go home and then oh, yeah. she's she says i'm gonna spank you she said she said this is the this is this will let you know everything about my mom she was like okay i'm gonna discipline these kids she was like go wait in my room because my brother and I shared a room at the time. Yeah, so she's yeah. like, go to, go to my room. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I went in there. She comes in, like does not turn the lights on. She like sits on the bed. She goes, lay over my knee. And I went, oh, shit. So I laid over her knee. And she kind of pushed my butt once, started crying, <laughs> and told me to go to my room. 
She couldn't do it. Oh my no. God. And so I went in there. JP was like, he was like, he was like, what happened? What was spanking like? And I was like, not that bad. She cries a lot. That's mostly what it is. That's what is spanking like? No, no big deal. Mom cries a lot is a yeah, hysterical a description of spanking. When I was a kid, I remember going to the library with my mom and she was pregnant with my sister, Casey. Mm-hmm. So I must have been like late three or about maybe four. I'm, I'm a late three. I'm a late three. That's what I said to the lady. Anyway, this yeah. librarian, she was a, a rotund woman. And okay. I, that's the polite way of saying a little chubs. And I said something, <laughs> <laughs> I said something that, that it, my three-year-old brain didn't seem harmful at all. Mm-hmm. But I said, here you go, you porky pig lady. No, I you said didn't. The, I sure did. Oh boy. And then Old the roof. woman's response to my mom was, and you're having another? Because my mom was pregnant. Oh, so my shoot. mom w- skipped the idea of of spanking me and just made sure I saw that she cried at that moment and the guilt that rushed through my veins. I was like, I will never talk until my mm. mom says it's okay to say something. I will never say what's the first thing in my mind ever again. That obviously has proven not to be the case. But yeah, uh, yeah that was my, I thought I was going to get the whooping of a lifetime after that because the look on my mom's face. Um and she raised now, four amazing kids, by the way. Yeah, uh, medium, medium kids. I wouldn't <laughs> say me. I wouldn't say we're all kind of C plus B minus area. I'd say. Um, so let let me just let's take us away from this for a minute. Let me. Hey, let's let talk me, about butts and titties. Come on. Yeah. Hey, butts and titties. This is welcome to the butts and titties podcast. I'm Drew Gasparini. This is your friend Fort Michael Haney. Butts and titties. Where are our sound effects? Buttsandtittiesmusic.com. Um. Oh, I just want to close out on one little uh, tidbit. And it's, you know, Dear Lucy, you want to talk about Dear Lucy? I get I it. I don't want to talk about Dear Lucy, but you can find it on the album I Could Use a Drink, which is on Spotify and anywhere music is sold. F. Michael Haney yes. sings the hell out of it, and I wrote the hell out of it. So there you go, kids. Uh, but sure I did. want to talk about the morons. Anytime we get a chance to be on stage, all we're doing is trying to get the other three to laugh. And I really enjoy that yeah. about our, our dynamic as a friend group. But I want to ask you in particular about uh, as you throw your microphone violently Just across the room. punch a mic. Room, um, I want to talk to you in particular about this little ism that we kind of created within our circle and it's called, and this is F and, yeah. and, uh, the morons did a, a variety show years ago, about six years ago called the morons variety happy hour. I think it was something, I along think just the, the morons variety hour. Variety hour. It was a variety show, and there was a lot of alcohol involved. So it was a happy hour. It was a variety show. I'm so glad we didn't film it because we can remember it as being perfect in our heads. I don't remember it even a little bit because I wasn't drinking out of the fake bottles once. We had fake. Yeah, you were the only person. You were the only person that didn't know that we were drinking. Because, because I I had real bottles of whiskey that I think I I finished a whole bottle. I want to clarify this for anyone who happens to be a Morons (laughs) fan, and bless your soul. But bless your soul. The Morons as an idea. Mm-hmm. are like if musical theater had a rat pack that never made it like that's <laughs> us so we're not, we're not pretending that we're you know we're we're frank right. little, little blue eyes up no. there no we're these guys we're the the who's who of who cares Absolutely. that like 100 percent that so so the, the morons is an idea again the joke is always on us that's always the joke and so granted some of our jokes morons. i mean yeah you know. some of our jokes are aging differently over time and we we recognize that and Certain we want videos to... have been removed from youtube of course but as 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 they sh- as they should and sure. again we're all comedians and human beings that are trying to learn and always try to do better yes um and i think that one of those things is that like 
we are a group that always always front facing as the morons yes. would always have a drink in hand yes. we're always like our, our songs are all i mean i could use a drink and then yeah, i wrote a version right. of ice could use a drink like that's right we're, we're, that's the Find thing on like, youtube songs in the qff yeah uh, and, but but you go like there there is a thing that like those people are characters we play that bridey and cober and gaspo, gaspo and yeah. and haney or and this is f like they're yeah. all definitely based on us but they are certainly isms and versions of us so like i i like to say it's like we take the most hateable characteristics of ourselves and those are the versions we bring on stage with us and because people know we're being you know it's a joke uh but it's you hope so that we're that we're this who's who of of who cares but i was in la seeing you your opening night of wicked i went and visited california to see you be opening night of sorry wicked not uh frozen not wicked at the end of the day Uh, it's very similar to the shows i agree uh but the you were in you were in wicked or frozen you were in both shows but i went and saw Mm -hmm. you in in frozen in la and i had a night off while i was there and i went to a bar all by myself it was the darren chris bar he owns oh Uh, you told me about this right and i walked in and someone recognized me and they go the morons are here they didn't say drew gasparini they said the morons are here and last time i was in london i was teaching a master class and playing a concert and the encore after the concert was a whole audience going morons 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 chanting because some of those videos have penetrated the ether of musical theater nerddom and for some reason people cling on to that but there's a specific thing i want to ask you about and it relates Mm -hmm. to this quote and this is f when we were doing this show and this is what we'll we'll close out with just to give us a little uh an up note um you were in peter pan uh the live recording that was on nbc the peter pan live with christopher walken and allison williams and uh you were not able to be at all of these rehearsals for this variety show that we were doing. And I had the great privilege of writing our, um, I think I wrote most of the songs in the set for that show. And the opening number was uh, kind of an, just an anthem about the morons. Who's your favorite moron? Let's all talk. I haven't about heard morons. that song because we only did it that one night. We I haven't heard that song that in night. ages. Exactly. Oh, I love that song though. But, it's so good. But we each had a verse about like who we are and I'm Drew and this is Cobra and who's your favorite moron and this is Bridie. And then it sounds like we're about to give you a verse and instead mm-hmm. it looks like you're about to sing and we all go, and this is F. The idea of making you almost the butt of the joke seems so harsh in a lot of ways, but it turns into this really funny live thing. And you can see it in this, uh, uh, on YouTube, there's a show that you were out of town playing Quasimodo in a production oh, of God. Yeah. Uh, Hunchback. And we had someone come on instead of you. And we yeah. kind of just made fun of you in the verse. And in that variety show, this is what I, I want to hear it from you. Can you explain to our listeners what sad song slap song is? <laughs> This okay. is so. This is for people who have no idea. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to be in the room when this happened. Hamilton, shout out. Uh, but yeah, 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 this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this is a real thing that happened. F, go ahead and tell us what this is. So to, the the small amount of setup I'll do for it is that when we play the characters of the morons, usually the way it works is Cobra is the one who doesn't need us, but he is ultimately <laughs> our hero. You know what I mean? He's like Perfect, he's the guy yes. who a bum bum bum. That he's the yep. guy that does that. Yes. Then Brightman Brightman is the is the like he's the firecracker. He's the one who's going to hit you with the quip. He's yeah. going to do the thing. Yeah. Um you are 
almost exclusively our troubadour when we do this like you you are you are our songster for, even even on the on the one time that we performed as the morons on a song that i wrote i got you to play piano like you are right. you are our band leader you are our like always always there like you break first because we love you. I can't, um, I'm, not, I'm not built and, for this. No, but it, but it, it's the best. It's the best. You're our, and you're our Jimmy Fallon. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's great. And so, and so the, the role that I kind of have fallen into is I usually get the last verse for whatever reason. When you write these songs, I'll get this last verse. And it's because maybe I seem a little less harsh. Maybe it's because I'm a little less cool. Maybe it's because like the other two of them are married and I'm not or whatever it is. Like they both got their lives together. Who knows? But like, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of, it gets to me and I either show up having been working out for the last two years, looking absolutely spectacular in Marine shape Ah. or I show up really sad. (laughs) So the funny thing about, and this is F has always been like, everyone's been pretty consistent. And then all of a sudden I show up and we don't know what, what, what we're going to get. So we had this idea to, and I don't really don't remember whose idea it was, but it was to have a, a game show where what would happen in the game show is, and I think, I think it was you who, who titled the name of the game show and the game show was called F can't read good. Um, <laughs> I, I am in, you're, re- you're I'm in real life, a dyslexic, a dyslexic yes. person. <laughs> And um, so the whole goal was that I was going to try to read. They were going to give me a book. I was going to try to read something. And there was going to be a, a penalty when I messed up. What I didn't realize until I'm thinking about it now, there was no winning. Yeah, it was no just way. I was going to mess up at some point in time. <laughs> so I tried to that. read. You guys gave me like 50 shades of gray or something. Yeah. And I tried to read it. And the the, the bad thing was. I actually was nailing it. I was so nervous and so keyed on that I was actually reading really well. And then finally I messed up on purpose because I was so nervous. Anyway, in in the bit, I mess up and then, you know, all the sirens go off and everything. And they went, all right, all right. And it's time for, I think it was Cobra being a host and announcer extraordinaire. And he goes, it's time for sad song slap song. Um, and the small little jazz band led by Justin Goldner and Matt Hinckley and some other yep. absolute monsters. Um, the, the song was that I had had, I had asked everybody if I could prepare a song that I loved to a ser- one serious song for the night. And that sad song slap song was me singing daddy's son from ragtime. <laughs> legitimately not like not a not a not a no, weird like thing like a, like a beautiful I, performance of this song i yeah. tried to give you my best tenor mm-hmm. um and all the rules were were i got to sing the song and then the three other morons got to slap me in the face once you were blindfolded i was blindfolded and you didn't know when we were gonna slap you was the I didn't conceit. know right. all i could hear was the audience losing it at my expense and and so yeah. The the bit went. I was going, going, so Matt slapped immediately. Yeah, that was um, Cobra. Cobra gives the first slap right out of the gate, and then I got into to the daddy played piano, played it very well. Pomp, got another one. That was then got a little bit more into it. 
smack one. So I went Derma three, Derma three slaps. So I really start, really start letting it go. Really start giving you slaps. You think the slaps are all done? Yeah, giving you miscast realness, MCC miscast realness, and the bit ended with Matt Hinckley, the guitar player, coming up and slapping me a fourth time. Yes, and this is F wasn't expecting. Yes, and I rip my blindfold off. And I, I maybe it was the most I've ever acted in a moron show. I threw a, a temper tantrum <laughs> and yelled. My goal was to make the audience as awkward oh as possible, we and just was like, so "No, stupid. this is not cool." You guys said I could have one fucking song this whole night, and I agreed to this bullshit. <laughs> and I left. I fucking left the theater. I left the wow. slipper room. And wow. the best part was I walk out and I see people that I know in the audience and also like fans. I, we didn't know anybody was coming. And it was We full. packed the joint. It was it was And I the see rafters. them looking at me hurt. They're like, "Oh shit, is this real?" And the best part was then you guys had to awkwardly introduce Mark Summers to do magic. <laughs> So I'm sitting in the breezeway behind hiding because I had oh. a entrance planned. And yeah. I was like, wait, am I going to miss Mark doing magic? And oh I was so upset God. because I couldn't come back in to watch Mark do the magic trick. <laughs> my God. Uh, so you just said that, you know, I'm the troubadour. Uh, Brightman's the, the wild card. And you got Cobra, who's kind of the, the guy who has his shit together. You are not the Ted Mosby. You are. Yeah, he's Ted Mosby. But you are not the punchline. My friend, because in my eyes, and this is F, is the payoff. And you're all, you always get the last verse in the songs I write because you always get the funniest little most extreme parts. I really think you are the payoff. That's how I see you in the, in the realm of the morons. Man, um, oh man, do I love you. I love you too, buddy. Uh, that's how we're going to wrap up right now. You and I actually have a date with the other two morons right after this. Oh, <laughs> we're going to go Zoom with our buddies. Uh, but I'm going to go scarf some food right now. So F, thank you so much for doing this. Go check out his songs on YouTube. Uh, he's got also songs from this musical Victory City that he's writing that are on YouTube. Some of them, they're very, very great. Go check that out. Uh, and of course his resume and Frozen's going to be back on the road when the world opens back up and we're all looking forward to that. F Michael. I can't wait, baby. I love you so much, pal. I love you too, uh, baby. We're going to say goodbye, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> please don't. Don't. Please don't. Thanks for listening to this episode of Now We're Talking with me, Drew Gasparini. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking and on Instagram at Drew Gasparini. Special thanks to our guest F. Michael Haney and to all of you listeners for using your earballs to listen to us. Hey, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Before I sign off, I just want to say be kind to one another and don't be an asshole. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.